What makes this society tick? Is it our intelligence, our reason, science, or something more simple that we are not alone in this universe? But the reality is, what if we have no choice that it takes a strange kind of craziness to reach Mars? But what if that strange kind of crazy is hindered by a world looking for attention? What if the complement to one's own existence is nothing more than a hindrance, delaying and possibly devolving backwards into the huts of the past and the cold hard ground? It is time for a reformation and a realization that it has always been you and it always will be you. The stars are our playground, the earth is our home, but it could become a graveyard and another dead ball in the universe. Welcome to The Rational Mail, Religion and Positive Masculinity, a five-week special from Beyond This Earth, hosted by Novid Hollerbeck. This is Beyond This Earth. This special presentation of Beyond This Earth will return right after these messages. This special edition of Beyond This Earth now continues. Hello folks, welcome to Part two of religion and positive masculinity, a deeper look into the last two books for now from Rollo Tomasi in the Rational Mail series. This is a special edition of Beyond This Earth. This is Novin Hollerback. Today's episode on part two, we are going to look into bad religion, bad relationships, Bad politics, corrupt nation. So, what can we learn from this part here? We're going to look into why religion, when it comes to intersexual dynamics, is partly the reason why, or maybe 85% of the reason why our societies are not working. The pews have become empty. The loss of faith has led into fundamentalism. There's a reason why fundamentalism has risen. It's all connected. And we need to explain all of this in very simple terms. So how should we go through this? Why is religion not a part of our lives anymore? Let's talk about some of the issues in Christian faith that we're having. One of the issues that we're having in Christian faith is the lack of people coming into the churches, coming into the pews, going about in different places, as it were, in different areas, as it were. 
others are going to different fates. Many others are going to not have a faith or have lost their faith. I mentioned in part one from several chapters in the rational male religion that part of the reasons why we have this crisis of faith, a lot of it has to do with the issues concerning divorce and the issues concerning with how men and women relate to each other and how men and women see the church. One of those crises of faith that people have to start recognizing is the door that was opened by these churches in even the questioning of women in the priesthood. There have been many examples on Rollo Tomasi's Twitter handle in the last several years about these female priests and the female priests in the evangelical church and how they speak compared to a male preacher does, how they interpret God's word differently than what a man who is in the priesthood would do. And through my own research, you can see some of the changes in that particular aspect there and how they use it to gain money, to gain influence. That means using the female priest in turn, how they use them to get money to bring them inside the church, but it doesn't last long. And you see the disasters such as Tammy, and Jim Baker and Jimmy Stewart and many other particular entities as well. And some of these visions of the church that women have in this particular aspect and the way that does certain churches in the evangelical side of Christianity, especially those that work with Justin Bieber and the like, have seen certain things taking place that leads into giving more authority, not to men, but to the females of the church. Rollo Tomasi broke it down simply that women make or spend, however, more money than men do. The churches, in order to survive, had to go towards the women's side of trying to get any type of money out. And they no longer have the same view of what a man views God and his religions have. One of the things that we have to realize and the reasons why 
do we have these problems with terrorism, violence, and all the rest of these things is that we'll get to that in a little bit. One of the reasons why is because we have to now completely understand and make it gospel, as it were, that women enjoy violence more than even men do. It is women that are enamored with violence until they recognize this. Women themselves recognize this. This is where I believe women have the rationality to figure this out until they figure this out. There is no possible way humanity is going to get past the next 50 years, the next 250 years. Because we have single mothers and we have the descendants of single mothers. And single mothers, especially in the inner cities, lived in a whole culture of violence. And a lot of people complained about this, the guns in the streets and the whole coterie. But the unfortunate thing is, in that particular nature, even if it was violent, the main key, according to certain research that wasn't even posted before this book, that was posted just a few days before this book came out, The Rational Male Religion, that even if it was a violent place, as long as there was a father in the household, no amount of violence was ever going to affect both the male and especially the female child. Single motherhood affected women more than it did men in turn. It is through that violence plus no father in the household that activated the estrus way too early for many intercity females throughout the era from 1965 onward. Whether people like that, whether people can say, oh, that's wrong, you're not giving them agency and all the rest of it, the research is leading towards this. It's not me saying this. This is the research that are leading me to say this. And you can make inferences into that particular aspect that states this happening. Women adore violence. If a man cannot kill another man, a woman can never fully respect a man if he is not capable of destroying another person.
That's scary to think about. I want you to want I want you to understand how scary that is because it explains the rise of Islam. It explains the rise of terrorism. It explains the rise of all of these things that the Democrats are scared about. It is also the rise of other things as well. And the reason why the church, one of the reasons why the churches are empty. We have lost faith in religious practice, not just because of the violence thing, but because we get to the problem of divorce. I'm going to make this very simple. The church opened the door. The church, Islam in a way, and Judaism in a way, opened the door for the LGBT community to secede. They opened the door, and they did it through no-fault divorce. And it wasn't even necessarily the LGBT's fault for this, because there was no way their arguments were going to win. That's not the be offensive to anybody, but there was no way those arguments were going to win. However, we're going to talk about that more in part three. However, the church in their unmitigated goal for no-fault divorce in order to keep the women in the pews, to get younger women in the pews. Decided to play matchmaker instead of reconciliator. Decided to not throw away the sin so much as not express a full type of punishment to those that committed the sins and give a chance for reconciliation for it. The church hypocrited, made a hypocrite of their, of themselves and of biology and of society at large by putting in no-fault divorce. They had decided that it was better off from Vatican II and aspects of it to the present day. But this was more like 1985, all the rest of these things, when they actually started these particular things and they started making those changes. that your society, that the church started to lose the faithful and it started to get older. The priest started to get grayer. The church started to lose its identity in the white, poor, 
immigrant communities, the Polish, the Italians, the Irish, and it started to move towards the Spanish side of the Catholic Church. We'll get to their, a little bit of their issues in that sense. There's three things you need to understand and you need to make this very clear so everybody can make it there from all the research that we did in the rational male, dragon mother, and what Greer has said about communism, how it started and all the rest of these things. We can make inferences. And one of the inferences we have to finally put and discuss here is that no Catholic man should be blamed for what has gone wrong with the Catholic Church. No Jewish man should be pissed off of what is going on in this in the conservative side of the church. No Catholic Muslims should be punished so much for the issues in each of their religions. The fault lies with the church because they refuse, especially the Catholics, to give an explanation on why did they force a single mother to be with a single man in order for that man to raise this child? Why did they do that? It's because of money. The money changers in each of these religions have to be taken out of the church. They have done untold damage to the church and the laity. So much so that I am afraid there will be more Catholic churches closing down because all their work in trying to get single mothers into the church has taken out men that need the faith now more than ever away from the church and into other things and into other particular entities and did not give the church enough of the strength to survive the challenges, especially now to deal with the politics of the day. In fact, in order to make sure they have some leeway in the in the faithful and the laity with the leftist Catholics and the Jesuits in a sense, they had made sure that the Marian way of looking through things, that the single mothers never did anything wrong, that all these things will come to pass that they have switched reconciliation without realization of the sins that they have committed, 
especially on the women's side, not necessarily so on the men's side. I think here's the problem with this, and it deals with the sacrament of marriage. The church is living, has sinned against its people, ultimately. Any woman who has a child that their father is still alive, the child's father is still alive, their biological father is still alive, they cannot, if she is a Catholic, if she is a Christian, if she is a Muslim, unless they have their own rules, and if she is a Jewish person, if she is in Buddhism or what have you, they cannot divorce that man unless that man had hurt them to the point of near death, have abused them for too long, have done all these particular things, towards them in an, in physical action. If it is just complaints and all these other things that leads into a divorce, not adultery, not all these other things, then she has committed a sin against the church. And the church has refused to solve the problem. And they have decided to solve the problem by using single men, single Catholic men, in order to be with this particular woman who already has a child with a father who is alive. Unless the father has passed away. Unless that particular biological father is in prison for the rest of his life with no chance of parole unless that father is mentally ill and cannot function in society or he has done something in the dark acts sexually and he cannot be around any sort of child there is no reason in the world any man steps in and becomes the stepfather of another man's child those are the only four reasons the church does not consider any of this islam does not do this jewish Judaism doesn't do this. The LGBT movement showed their hypocrisy. I'll get to that in a moment. But another way we have to also understand this is that Can we have reconciliation 
in the church concerning single, uh, single mothers and men who are single? Can there be any reconciliation concerning divorce and the whole rest of these things? This is more of a generational problem. And this is more with the way that women see the church. I do not believe that my generation, that the the Gen Zers and generations after that have the capability, have the spiritual wherewithal to understand the reconciliation that is needed for them to be in a marriage. I don't think it can exist with these churches and synagogues and and places of worship for Muslims. I don't think it can exist within the millennial, Gen Zer, and later generations. I think that the damage has been done. You have to understand something, this concept. Hellfire and damnation can be fine in certain aspects, but if a whole society does not believe in such, then no amount of hellfire, no amount of punishment, no amount of discipline, extreme discipline to the point of near abuse when it comes to certain families is ever going to change things. All they need, all person needs is just one emotional moment. This is why y'all don't watch. This is why when you watch anime, watch it again. Watch it again. And get your eyes, get those rose-colored glasses from your eyes. Get it off your eyes. This is one of the things that Rolo Tomasi starts to put in you with this red practice, red practice, with the practice of the red pill. Open your eyes. And one of the things you're going to have to start understanding. Whether people like it or they don't. Is that this generation, my generation, the millennials, the Gen Zers, and all the rest of them have no concepts. None of the reconciliation between people with the church because the church itself doesn't have the capability for reconciliation with the laity because they're in the business of keeping these churches open. And you can't keep a church open if you're doing hellfire and brimstone. But 
hellfire and brimstone is the only way to stop the bullshit and the millstone. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? As soon as someone finds out through their brains, finds out, figures out, have a form of game and have a form of violence in the particular community that that person is to get a woman off. There is no amount of power unless it's collective protection of the innocent or one person of protection of the innocent through the fire and all the rest of it. That who is not weak. It only takes one and the whole gambit ends. And the whole gambit of trying to save people's souls, they, uh, it all ends. Because I'm going to tell you this, and it's dark. The first time, or it may take a few more times, somebody puts something inside you. intercourse it may not be the first time it may not even be the second time it may not be in the fifth time but it will be somewhere around the sixth or seventh or eighth time but at least three times something clicks that says this is where my ego can rest, not destroyed, rest, difference. This is a action that will allow my ego to rest and calm down. Because our ego is always on assault every single place. The reason why we have this culture of sim culture and all the rest of these things is that their egos have a lot of people's egos have not rested because society has decided that with these emotions, with the genocentric society, all the rest of it, your your life, your ego is going to be on assault and on fire nearly 18 hours a day, seven days a week. The reason why people are trying to say, oh, we got to get back to nature. We got, they need their ego to rest, not die, rest. Not to be destroyed, rest. Big difference. Big difference. Our generation our generation's egos, especially when we started, when children were started at five years old, their egos, the female ego and the female emotional state 
was the only correct state for both women and men when starting from when they were children for them to be raised. The church. Cannot, especially the Catholic church, cannot convince a woman raised in a genocentric society that says that she can go girl and all the rest of these things, cannot convince a woman that she is not correct because she has every other place and every other way to get what she wants. The church just follows the dictates of the society, the genocentric society instead of being anti against the society because they fear the violence that could be placed upon them. And the unfortunate truth is they also have to deal with other religions and their forms of violence against the church in order for them to keep these buildings alive. Do we have a church? If that is the case, we don't have a church. The church has left us. We did not leave the church. The American church has a lot to answer for, and they're going to have to answer for it very soon. But this is not that day. And it's going to have to answer for the acceptance of liberation theology. And just to give you a definition of what it means, it means that it is a Latin American concept that uses Catholicism with Marxist leanings. The Latin American Episcopal Conference were one of the groups that pushed the Second Vatican Council to more progressive stances. Pope Benedict XVI rejected the politicization of the major tenets of this particular movement. All this particular movement is, is trying to bring the goddesses culture of other particular cultures that say that women were the creator gods of these particular societies into the same level as Mother Mary with Jesus. They leave all that, the past history behind on the Old Testament, and they leave everything after Jesus behind. It's Mary and Jesus. It's Mary over Jesus. This is another part of the Marian concept, which is, in certain cases, a socialist concept. It's putting woman ahead of the man. They even use the dinner cana as a form of this particular day, saying that women, everything that women has to be done, it has to be deferred into a female. But we start with Adam and Eve. And I just mentioned to you one of the theories about Adam and Eve, part one, that Adam listened to Eve. 
Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Adam listened to Eve. And so liberation theology is trying to replace Abrahamic gods with other particular entities from especially in the Latin communities. Liberation theology somewhat is also used in African-American communities to connect certain female creator gods with Mary as well. And the whole encompassing thing and standing, it's saying that this is the creator of the universe. She is the queen of the universe. Therefore, she created the universe. That is a misnotion in terms. And it gives leeway to the collective movement, especially in Marxism, if we also recall Baffoldain and Charles Fournier in the creation of these philanthropies that later helped Marx and Engels believe that socialism and communism was the way forward in order to defeat the tools of capitalism, where this whole notion is to give more females all it is there. All of this, folks, to put it simply, is that the church does not help men at this particular time. Did it ever help men? We look at Michael Tessarian's theory about the female Illuminati, and the answer may have been it never helped nobody. Men or women, especially men at the interim, that they were better off with their pagan gods. And there are multiple gods that at least there were male gods that people could look up to in that particular sense. That's his theory. Rolo Tomasi says, okay, there was some, there was a point that the church was fair to men, but now since the 1400s, it wasn't. Since chivalry started, it wasn't. To me, the church left us. We didn't leave the church. Will the church come back? Who is to say? The promise keepers during the second Iraq war, the compassionate conservative movement, all of it was to free women from the dictates of the dark acts of Islamic men. Zizak, if I recall, stated that all of these things that 
started over in the second Iraq war with compassionate conservatism, the promise keepers and the whole like, later came back upon us through the consent forms and all the rest of these things because they felt as though if it could work in that aspect with the Iraq war, it can work in this side of the world because they're led by men, this side, and the other thing. They believe there is a patriarchy and the whole nine yards. Daily costs during the second Iraq conflict made a statement or one of their posters made a statement or there was an essayist that made a statement that stated that women were guilting these soldiers into going to fight for this country basically as a form of transactional desire. If you don't go fight and kill these folks, when you don't come home, you ain't going to have nothing. They basically guilt tripped them. I am not surprised years after that this was one of the reasons why the promise keepers failed. The promise keepers had interesting ideas, but none of them were going to work. And the same thing with the nation of Islam. And this is one of the main problems I have with both promise keepers and NOI in the end of the analysis. You have given women everything. You gave them divinity. You gave them all DD. You said they are the creators of civilization. None of it is true. None of it. The day you make woman a god, you create hell on earth. Because a woman who is God is looking for something greater than God. Greater than herself because we're going on the basis of how women and men see their lives as individuals and they see life differently. So a female God who is a creator God is always going to be looking towards someone that is higher than her. It is not going to change. She will never see any person that is equal any man that is equal to her, anyone that is equal to her is similar to her. If she has to go back down to find something that is stronger than her, is she really a God? Man went back backwards to become human in order to save human beings from being slaves. A woman that had to go back to the gutter to find the alpha male from those that are equal towards her.
has basically caused so much destruction in that aspect that she can't be considered a god or have any sort of divinity at all. She is basically doing the devil's gambit question. Come with me and I will give you all you want. And a lot of men take that drug of sympathy towards a goddess who isn't really a god at all. I want to read parts of chapter 13, the very beginning of chapter 13. I should have read this earlier. But it deals with a one world religion, but it's absolutely beautiful for what we see today. This is Roll Tomasi, page 343, chapter 13, and parts of 334. A new worldwide homogenous religion will come via woman's influence is spreading throughout all major contemporary religions. It will be called love, and ambiguous tenets will be based on tolerance and inclusion of all faiths in all walks of life. Remember what I said, it was charisticity. We continue from what Roald Tomasi said. It will be entirely feminine, primary, correct religion that emphasizes communitarian assentance and belonging so long as the individual aligns with the gynocentric norms. The only doctrine and structure of this religion will be a judgmentalism in his accepting as the global norm. Anything challenging that norm will be considered hating. The antithesis of belonging to this new world tribe's ideological framework. Its punishment for canceling ostracization from that tribe will be as swift as it's emotionally satisfying. In fact, the good fields will be an incentive to erase infidels from the love tribe. The crystal feminists assimilating this modern Western church have already fashioned a Christ-like figure. But he has been thoroughly feminized and represents the ideals of a sympathetic female correct experience in a gynocentric network framework. He forgives every sin without requiring insight, remorse, repentance, or change. In repro-practice terms, from this Fem Christ comes the divine version of the emotional tampon. Jesus is put in the friend zone. He is there when a gal needs Christ to draw tears. After her night with the alpha male goats and tells her, I then I need her condemn you. 
Others may not judge you because it never judged you. It speaks to them, giving extra biblical guidance and comforts their inner need for security, but without the discomfort and accountability or rebuke. From Christ becomes the great spiritual life coach of the emotionalism, of the age of emotionalism. And ever where men are presumed to bear 100% responsibility with 0% authority, this equation gets reversed for women. 100% authority with no responsibility. And this is reflected in the canon of our new femme religion. Today, the secular you go girl social reinforcement that entitles women to faultless, simplest authority has made its way into old order religion via the kosher dynamic. That absolution of responsibility is made much easier when old order patriarchal religion is reinterpreted to serve the feminine imperative. Then Christ rebukes men for their shirking their masculine responsibilities to women and their hesitancy to risk their futures in marriage. While it bestows the elusive manhood tile to only those elite men deserving of. Even in Islam, arguably the last patriarchal holdout of all older religion, the onus on masculine responsibility and the burden of performance is used to qualify Muslim men's dedication to Allah in terms of his wife's approval. It's not the future, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the future. It's happening right now. Do you know where it's happening now? There's a man named Kevin Samuels. For a little bit, he was selling products for men and all the rest of it. You know, he was on the grift side of the game. I'm not saying that Things cannot change. Focus can change and all those other things. But within the last 18 months, he started to get an audience. And the audience for black women. And basically, he talked to them about their hubris and why they are not marrying African-American men. Some call him the African-American version of Rollo Tomasi. There was something on Zoe Williams' show several months ago that stated that showed a version of Jesus as African-American. And you get to see it. You see it if you go to his um, YouTube page there. And then you see it in that particular sense. And then there is a picture of Obama in one of those particular places. Yeah, you can find it on the internet. 
basically it's everything that Rollo Tomasi said in the first two pages of chapter 13. It is happening in the African American church. It has happened in the African American church. It fits the African American church to a T. And one of the reasons why a lot of African American men have been disillusioned with the church gone into other particular places such as nature of islam all the rest of it is because of the actions of the church and how they cater to african-american women especially as things have gotten awry from the late 70s onward in particular with how the democrats and the leadership of the Democrats back then tried to use Moynihan's ideas and reconfigure them in a way plus with busing and all the rest of it I don't want to get into the whole issue with that there but it's somewhat related to it they used it in order to disconnect the black man from his family and they started doing that with the deindustrialization of the major cities in in the 1960s, late early late 1960s, early 1970s. Some say it is because of the civil rights movement, which again, civil rights movement was co-opted by feminism. It was co-opted by feminism, and in one sense, BLM is a deeply gynocentric version of the civil rights movement, or the gynocentric granddaughter of the actual civil rights movement. Just like in many ways, Jim Crow did not die. Her granddaughter is Jamie Crow. Jamie Crow is everywhere in BLM and calls herself a socialist and says that all cops are bastards. ACAP and F12 and the rest of it. The cops. I don't want to go too far in what we're discussing because that's not that's not what we're focused on. But I'm just giving examples of how feminized ideals and feminized ways of thinking lead into a lot of the major problems that America's has. There's some dude out there named James LaFron. I mentioned him earlier. And he states that the cops and BLM and aspects of Antifa, as it were, are working in tandem in certain ways. Scratch my back, I scratch yours. That's one of the scandals that are, are going to come out later in the future. There's, we're not into that point yet, but there are inklings that that is happening. All you have to see is the situation that happened in Portland with the son 
being connected to Antifa, and in New York City with the mayor's daughter being connected to Antifa like, side groups or BLM side groups connected to Antifa. Now Antifa and BLM are finding each other in Portland. But all of it is connected to a feminized way of looking at the world. And I remind you that women love violence. So a lot of these things concerning violence against structures such as what happened in Minnesota, such as the events of the Capitol, such as all these other things, is to prove to women that they are ready to take over the powers of the state or ready to create change or give to give women that type of security. In one sense, that's what these, these riots on all ends are. In order to in order for families to stay together in a certain way, because this is basically that argument. But in all terms, as we have seen with Africa with Black Lives Matter, with the with the eleven billion dollars being spent and not going to African Americans at all, with the things that has happened after the Capitol thing and the events that happened in the Capitol, we now see that this overfeminization and catering to the emotions and the insecurities of women, regardless if the woman is connected to them for many years as wives, sisters, all the rest of them, as we have seen with the second Iraq war and some of the first Iraq war, which the liberals have accurately figured aspects of this out, and the way the promise keepers use that concept in order to get gain power because they said a woman's intuition is the best thing and all the rest of it when that is not true. All of that is beautifully shown in the videos that Kevin Samuels have shown that women have too much hubris, that women's intuition doesn't work. That emotion is not intelligence. Reason is connected to intelligence and reason is connected to creativity. You have to have a certain amount of reason and a little bit of risk in order to have the creativity and the day to become successful, whether in art, music, and all the rest of these things. Has nothing to do with emotion. Emotion is connected to the input of an action other things that are happening outside of that person. How one handles the emotion, whether female or male, it dictates how mature and how wise and how, and how their values are shaped in that particular situation. The African-American church was the first church aspects of that church once the african-american community suffered through the disasters of the democrats 
ideals of the great society, which is connected as well to birth control and the abortions and all the rest of it and the single motherhood and the hood, as it were, the large buildings that are still around in the major cities all across this country. The black church became utterly feminized. The black church either is made to be crazed or made to be weak or made to be an agent of the Democratic Party. Everybody keeps talking about the separation between church and state. And while that might be right, that doesn't always happen the way you think it happens. The Democrats put a pastor as the leader of the free world. The Democrats are allowed to go into these African-American churches. The Democrats, in many ways, use the African-American church as one of their petri dishes in a gynocentrism and a gynocentric order they and others all around the Western world use in order to make sure that their enemies whether it's fascism and all those other things, do not get a foothold in it in those particular countries. I want to explain something to you about the LGBT and what they found and how they used it and how they figured out a way to get same-sex marriage and the whole nine yards. I want you to listen. Back in the day, I'll mention the letter. We'll even read the letter in, in a part three. We'll read some of that letter. It's not that long. We have to understand that the people the LGBT community put up as heroes are not heroes. No, not in that sense. They had arguments about the church that were later proven correct, especially if you see it in a gynocentric order. But their arguments fall flat when we realize that the church screwed men over starting with no-fault divorce in the late 80s. They all knew it was coming. What destroyed LGBT and what gave prevalence and evidence to and ultimately to the rise of the evangelical churches 
and the evangelical television studios, as it were. Jimmy Baker and Day was the AIDS crisis. That was the only thing. Otherwise, a lot of the things that are happened now would have happened back in the 1980s, regardless of what Reagan felt was ugly or not. I knew it was going to happen. We have to accept this. Because here's what happened, folks. And you got to love this. The media and the other cultures at large in the 1970s tried to play off the macho culture, especially with African-American men. But remember, the media was this. There were more media entities that could get more money to do their own types of films than there are now. That's the major difference. Major difference. The media in that era, in the 1970s, tried to play off feminism and masculinity. And one of the things he says in the third book and the fourth one is that they use the macho thing as a form of a sideways saying that now that we got freedom, women got freedom to fuck the Alpha Chad. Here's the way to do Alpha Chad shit. You know what I'm trying to say? But ultimately, they use this. Hmm? As these women got older and saying he was a cad. The dumb jock is the dumb jock. He don't know what he's doing, but it was not just five years ago that you had heroes of masculinity and all the rest of these things and women were free, super sexy, all the rest of it, Farrah Fawcett, the 10 nine yards, and you know, the guys that did, the, the village people were not even seen as gay. the AIDS virus did is that the AIDS virus started beginning the split of the macho man sexual virility because it was connected to men and masculinity They damned men because it's mostly gay people who were doing drugs. And this is another problem with the day. Drug culture destroys sexuality as well. They did three, it did three things. It made the jocks stupid because the jocks if they didn't get the girl, they get frustrated. They weren't smart enough, quote unquote, than the nerds, you see. 
that said we're they're gonna get us a new technological age in the 2020s where they could find a cure for AIDS, quote unquote, and we won't have this problem that will affect females because they said that, oh, he's dead, they're bi, we can't have bi. So if they come and fed the woman, that's a bad thing for the woman. That's how they put it as. Gay people did not want to see themselves as weak and effeminate anymore. Women didn't walk the jocks anymore. So in 1985, ironically around the same time when Pamela and their idiots said that we must have this, that, and the other thing, and the UN blocked it and Reagan wasn't do good. Reagan said this shit wasn't gonna fly. And the AIDS virus was having a problem and all the rest of it. Women started to move away from the jocks somewhat. They still wanted Alpha Chad, but the media, Jenna-centric media started moving away from the macho man era and started making men look stupid, look beta, all these other things to discourage men from becoming the macho. Another thing that they did was that gay culture started to switch into strength training, into exercise training, into all these other things. And women started using that, the genocentric order using that improvement of oneself as a form of homosexuality. Do you understand what just happened here? For gay people to get, do you know what they said that? This is how they opened the door to the churches. Gay people said later on, as the things started to roll around, these women with these no fault divorces and all the rest of these things, what are they fucking doing? I know we put them on pedestals, but we don't give a fuck about them. They began to start asking questions as the internet started to arrive. And some of the questions they started to ask is, why are these women acting this way? And then they opened the door to the churches because they said, these men are trapped. in a mindset that they must have these things because society tells them to. What they did not know, what we now know now with the red pill, is that not only gay people, but straight men were trapped in a gynocentric order. The gay people started going after the churches because the churches started saying no fault divorce, especially in the Catholic and Christian communities and men started to question the church and question their emotions. Whereas the church should have realized that this was, they overemphasized Mary. They overemphasized Mary Magdalene. They overemphasized all these other things to keep women, the, the single woman, when they lose her husband through the four things I just mentioned, 
from leaving the church because of money. And LGBT community exploited that weakness to the point where they got what they wanted with marriages and all the rest of these civil marriages, all the rest of these things. Because their main argument was happiness in the or in the genocentric order. That they're not giving them the support and happiness in the genocentric order. They may have exploited it. But they have figured out that society does not give men since after the 70s the expressions of sex and how do we people gain a whole lot of it. The LGBT said they have not expressed themselves both on a physical level, which is important, but also in a subconscious level. And that's dark for everybody involved. They also made a inference that the genocentric order throws away the masculinity that they promote when they get what they want out of it and they throw it away. They also made that inference. They also made an even darker inference a much more dangerous and evil inference that it is women that support the LGBT community. Straight women support the LGBT community, not straight men. That it is women that allow these dark aspects of the dark triad acts to exist and propagate within their communities. That even if there is such a thing as the gay gene, historical records have shown that even with that, there were still families being born and all the rest of it because of birth control and the sexual revolution that has come out of it. It is no longer to propagate humanity. That's the sexual act, that sort of thing. When they decoupled it, Women then decided that there can be no man unless it is she is convinced early enough 
that can be good for her. It means that women cannot be loved the same way a man thinks a woman should be loved. They said it, and now Rolo Tomasi has said it for those who are straight. But it has come way too late, and the communication was blocked in many ways because we didn't talk to each other as men because we were afraid, rightfully so, that they were going to come toward us and do the little bullshit that they tend to do. But in many other ways, if there was such a communication with that, these men would have been smarter to see, oh, they playing me, but still not go that way. They might see it for what it is. This is what I mean by experience. This is what I mean by, this is a, what Rolo Tomasi said, this red pill is a process. It's not a straight jacket. Hyrogamy is not a straight jacket. We have to start living life and not overthink things. This is the one of the things that they opened. The Shivarin code, to put it in one bluntly term. was the cold that led into a lot of the disasters that befell Europe. In the past, and this is why they want to screw over in the past, the highest form of relationship was a relationship between the same sex relationship that a plutonic same-sex relationship, not a relationship with a woman. The Shivara code was meant for rich elites. It was never meant for the populace at large. The only reason this expanded to the populace at large was because of feminism and the way they felt the world should be handled and the way the world should be set up in that certain way. But I'm here to tell you, feminism wanted to have aspects of the Coventry laws continue added with these particular things so that the gynocentric order will make them more powerful in that society, in the Western world, than they ever were before that. That's why they want the Coventry laws back, plus all the other things there. That would entail that every man born in the West is basically a slave to every girl 
born in the West. That is what they plan to do. And the churches are going to accept this in order to even stay open in these many places in the Western world. How can the church have a future? I just want to know, how can the church have a future if this is happening? The church doesn't have much of a future. I believe that like I said in part one, that men and women will have to split the way they see religion. I believe that women need to have their own religious place. They need to have their own religious space and men need to have its own. If society can't agree with that, then there is basically no chance humanity has this space in order for us to survive. I think that the problems, especially in India, is that India knows that there are places where men go to pray and women go to pray. What India is suffering through is the influx of money coming from the West with all the outsourcing and the political machinations of the United States influencing the religious aspects of each of the religious tomes and ideas that are in India. But there has to be some form of an idea where there got to be some sort of cutoff point with women who do not agree with the Abrahamic religions to go find something else. And those that have lost faith and don't believe that the Abrahamic religions with men to go somewhere to find that type of faith, to find that religiosity, to find that particular way of thinking as it were. Because in the acknowledgement that the Catholic Church has left us, the fundamental situation at hand is that the Catholic Church has to do three things in order to have a future. All of it boils down to the relationship between men and women and the sacramental sacram 
mental value of marriage. The pastors of these churches must make it their mission. If they believe in the sanctity of marriage to go out of their way to find the biological fathers of these children. And if not convince them of trying to work things out with these particular, with the women and their particular parents as it were, to at least give the space for the woman to finally confront what she has done to the whole population of the church, especially to the men that she had deemed not worthy of her time, her talent, and her treasure. Because if there is no willing confrontation with that and that woman decides to leave and that woman decides to go into her own place and don't worry about it, I don't want to hear and all the rest of it, then it becomes apparent to everyone involved that there has to be, if not a separation of it, but a understanding that there are certain things that can't be done. Whereas she may not even want to go back to church. And that's fine. We can no longer, the pastors can no longer, I don't care which church, mosque, Synagogue can no longer be matchmakers for single mothers to um, men who are single can no longer be matchmakers to that. If they are matchmakers, they are not priests. They are not should they are not past. They are not pastors. They are not helping the community. They're playing a dangerous game. The question they need to ask before they even decide to put a marriage, legal, a valid marriage or a legal marriage, the detention they need to ask, did you or do you have children? No. And the other person said, no, yes. Is the person alive? Yes. Is he in jail for the rest of his life? No. Did he commit a crime that is beyond the pale concerning with other children? Yes or no? They need to ask these questions. When it comes to the whole question of abortion and all the rest of it, the rules are the rules. 
It's basically what Poland said. That's the basic. That's basic. That's the end of it. If not that, then there's a problem and it needs to be stopped. How many times are you going to continue to do this? And if there cannot be no control, then there gotta be some form of a way to get the problem away before it gets into a much darker situation. That also means for men in certain ways that they must teach them again ways of getting away from these type of women. That ultimately means that not to be matchmaker, not to have anything, but there needs to be a place where men must pray for themselves and must meet them for themselves in order for them to survive. There must be not necessarily a male thing and all the rest of it to there, but a reconciliation with oneself and with the church. The church can no longer excuse the behavior of women that continue to do this. There's an understanding that once it happened, where you have faltered, we're human beings and all the rest of it. Three, four, five, six times, they're gonna have to make it as clear as possible that this person is not ready for any sort of relationship, for any sort of connection to be humble at this particular time or may never be ready. The greatest thing that we can do as those who believe in God is to allow those who cannot cut it to let them be free. Not only for our sake, but the sake of everyone's soul. And if they come back to Christ, if they decide to do that, they can't come back to that same community. They have to go somewhere else away from the distractions and the destruction that have brought them to this point. That's both for men and women. Because it could be that the actual environment and the actual memories that they, they affect the body in such a way, in a physical way, that the same mistakes take place. Or that person, physical functions 
work in such a way that it affects everything in that nature. But I don't see it happening. And one of the things I do see happening is that Catholicism, Christianity, and all the rest of it, there will be a split. But I don't think the split is what you think it's going to be split as. It is going to be completely different within the next five years. And that's because certain things are going to be happening that is going to affect the way we see society and the church will not be able to counteract this no matter how much conservatism comes through to change it. We can pray all we want to, but they have abused our prayers. Other men have abused our prayers. We can say there are Catholics here in the government that say that we they have our best interests at heart. But the church in America, especially the Catholic Church in America, are not willing to do the things they need to do to survive, to get these things out, to condemn the actions of a lot of our leaders who are Catholic and others who are not Catholic but do believe in the same faith and others outside the faith who have done damage against us and others when we do the same. The church has a lot to answer for. but it may be too late for all those answers. The reasons why is that God may have never come across, but may have come in an act that has become for so many the most religious experience they will ever witness. And what that is, find out next time on part three. This is Nova Hollaback. We'll be back next week to continue Rational Male Religion and Positive Masculinity. Until then, see you soon. Beyond This Earth is a Garo Gothic production.